We're starting a new series called Teach Us to Pray. And uh, I'm really excited about it. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer. And so this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. But don't be like them. For your Father knows. Everybody say that out loud. Say, my Father knows. Your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask Him. So in this manner, therefore pray. Now, if you know this prayer, I want you to say it out loud with me. It's going to be on the screen, and I want you to say this out loud um, as we pray it. And um, this is such a powerful prayer. We're going, to be, we're going to be here for a couple of weeks learning uh, really the true power of this prayer. But Jesus said this, uh, therefore pray like this. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now I want to look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. This is the parallel verse. Matthew records it his way. Luke records it his way. And Luke just gives us this little, um, this little detail of the story that's so important. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And so where we see Jesus begin to teach on prayer in Matthew chapter 6, the whole reason that he did it is because his disciples asked him, hey, we want to learn to pray. And so with that in mind, we're going to begin this series. And I don't know how far we're going to get today, but uh, we're just going to begin this journey. And I'm obviously in no hurry. We have nothing else to do. Okay, so we can hang out uh, here for, for quite a while. But let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we do tell you, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power and the honor forever and ever and ever. We love you. We pray that you teach us now through this series how to pray, how to get answered to prayer, and how to connect with you in a new way and at a new level. Thank you, Father, that no one is watching this by accident. But, Lord, we are leaning in to a word straight from heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. And I got a couple of people helping me preach today. Hey, guys. And I got Zach over here. You can't see him, but he's playing keys. I just needed a little amen corner, okay, to just help me preach and not just uh, look at my friend Daniel on the camera tonight uh, filming me, but I just needed, I need a little interaction, okay? So this, this already feels good. They are six feet apart by faith. <laughs> amen. 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 Okay, so Jesus begins this discourse on prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He actually starts in verse 5. And the reason that he begins to share about prayer is because his disciples asked him, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And here's the reason they're asking. You know, these weren't the sharpest, uh, they, they weren't the sharpest dudes. Uh, they were pretty clueless most of the time around the ministry of Jesus. But they figured something out. They figured this out. They would wake up and Jesus would already be up praying. Jesus would go talk to the Father and then he would get instructions from God Almighty 
and then he would go out and do amazing things. And so they figured this out really quick. They never asked Jesus, how do we heal the sick? How do we raise the dead? How do we cleanse the leper? How do we, how do we preach? How do we? They never asked any of that. They said, teach us how to pray because they were, they were sharp enough to understand that his prayer life was directly connected to his ministry. They, they understood that his private life with God was directly connected to his public life. And friend, so is yours. You must understand this. They figured out that Jesus would pray and then do. He would pray and then do. He would get alone with the Father. He would talk to the Father. He would hear the Father's voice and then he would do ministry. His doing came from being. And so does yours. His public life was directed by his private life. And so is yours. Jesus would go on to say in the book of John, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And friend, I truly believe that we can get to that point in our life where we don't do what culture says to do. We don't just do what our emotion says to do. We don't just do what our cravings tell us to do. We don't just do what our body tells us to do or, or what, um, you know, what our imagination tells us to do, but we do what the Father tells us to do. We become spirit-led people. What made Jesus amazing, what, what led Jesus to do all that he did, it's not that he was just God and so he did it. It was that he taught us that we could be led by the Holy Spirit that we could be full of the Holy Spirit, that we could be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that we could be directed by the Father. Jesus purposely took on that position of a servant, Philippians 2 tells us. Why? So that we could learn how to serve, that we could also be spirit-led, spirit-empowered, that we could be submitted to the Father and see the same results that Jesus saw. The Lord's Prayer gives us a glimpse of how we should pray, how we can pray, the possibilities of prayer. Oh, friend, this is the call of the new creation, that we're not just doing, we're not just figuring this out, but we're talking to God and we're hearing from God. We're being led by God, empowered by God, and we're going and we're walking by the grace of God. This is unfair, y'all. This is the Holy Spirit advantage that we are not like the rest of the world. We don't have to fear what they fear. We don't have to live like they live, but we can be led by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is telling us. And then he says, okay, guys, I want you to pray in this manner. Now, when he says in this manner, he's not simply saying, I want you to say this out loud. Now, now we're, we're really good at being religious, right? So we do the same thing. We, we, we learn something and then we just start repeating it. Though Jesus just said, don't do that. Don't do what the heathens do and just repeat it over and over and over again. But don't we do that? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, that will be done on earth. And we, and we just do the same thing. We do the very thing Jesus told us not to do. Jesus is giving us a model of prayer. Now, I'm not telling you you can't pray the Our Father. Go ahead and do it. Go pray the Lord's Prayer, go ahead. I'm, I'm not saying you can't do it, but what I am saying is if that's all it is to you, you've radically missed 
the whole point of what Jesus was saying. He is giving us a model. He's giving us a manner. He's, say, he's saying, pray like this. I'm gonna show you some supernatural kingdom keys that are gonna release breakthrough in your life. So we don't just repeat a thing over and over and over and over again, but rather we are able to connect with our God and see results, see answers, have a real life-giving, intimate relationship with Almighty God. This is so important, y'all. That's what God's inviting us into, and I, I can't wait because this series is gonna release our church to pray like never before, and let me just remind you, that is the call of God for the church. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, and until we are a house of prayer, man, I, I'm, we're, we're just missing it. This should not just be a house of good music or a house of good teaching, it should not just be a house of, they've got good ministry for my kids. No, it should be a house of prayer where the people of God pray and the people of God get answers to prayer. And Jesus said, that is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a praying church. And so I'm saying, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. Anybody in on that? Anybody open to that? I'm, I'm ready for it, y'all. I am ready. Now, Jesus says, when you begin to pray, you, you first say, our Father. Now, uh, this may or may not be exciting to you, but this was radical 2,000 years ago. You got to understand that the very reason that the Jewish leaders crucified Jesus was because he called himself the son of God and he said that God was his father. They called this blasphemy. So when Jesus looks at the people and he says, hey, I want you to pray our father, they would have all taken a huge gasp. They would, have, they would have freaked out. They would have already been on their heads. The religious leaders would have been fuming. Their blood would have been boiling because Jesus is saying that now this great, awesome God of Israel can be your father. This was incredible. This was groundbreaking. This was revolutionary. And so we We've heard it now for years and years and years of church tradition that we've missed the power of what this means. That God can be our father. That we can be his children. Look at Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Father. This is the most intimate, sweet way to call a father. This is not formal, but this is, this is innocent and childlike. Abba, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is so awesome because it's not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of slavery. In other words, this isn't some religious, cold, legalistic, I have to. But God is my father, and I'm now being led by the Spirit of God. I'm now receiving an inheritance from God. And now I can call him Father. Look at John 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Everybody out loud say, I am a child of God. 
I can almost hear y'all, but you're, you're, you're a little, you're still waking up. So let's try it one more time. Come on, I am a child of God. All right, go get one more cup of coffee. Look at this, verse 13. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, I like that in the NIV, but it's really cool in the message. But whoever did want him, whoever received him, whoever did want him, who believed he was, who he claimed, and who would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. <laughs> when you receive Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. You need to understand that, that all people are the creation of God, but only those who receive Christ as Lord become children of God. Now, this should be the best news we've ever heard. This should be the most amazing, awesome news. This should make us shout and rejoice and celebrate. And th th This should be such good news, but honestly, for most of us, it's not. Uh, because when we hear Father, that, that term comes with a lot of baggage, comes with a lot of pain, comes with a lot of memories, comes with a lot of disappointment comes with a lot of fear. It comes with a lot of unresolved issues. So Jesus is calling us to have a relationship with the Father. And yet, when we hear Father, we start thinking about performance and we start thinking about he wasn't around and we start thinking, and, and, and we start, all of a sudden, there are so many negative emotions that come with it. Now, they weren't meant to, but they come with it. And one of the greatest things that every believer is going to have to do is they're going to have to break through and get healing from their father wound if they ever really want to walk with God. I almost think that God reveals himself as father for that very sake that we have to really do business with our own father issues. Can you imagine, because God is spirit. John 4 says God is spirit. What if God just revealed himself as mother? It'd be really easy. Because most of us don't have mama drama. We got dad hurt. And so I think that in calling us to a relationship with the Father, he's calling us to healing. He's calling us to forgiveness. He's calling us to have to deal with stuff that we don't want to deal with. But until you do, you can never really know and trust and love God. So A.W. Tozer said it like this, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes to your mind, what you think about and what you feel when you think about God is the most important thing about you. See, our view of God is no doubt shaping every part of us. So how we see God is how we see everything else. And therefore, Jesus is now confronting our own images of father and authority so that we can be set free to truly be fathered by God. This is massive. This will change your life. But it's gonna take you getting really open and honest with God, your father, about your own issues. 
Now, Jesus did not hold back when he talks about earthly fathers versus our heavenly father. He said in Luke 11, earthly fathers are evil. Our heavenly father is perfect. But Jesus was talking about good fathers. He said, he said if, you're, if, you're, if your child asks for bread, you don't give him a stone. If he asks for a fish, you don't give him a snake. And he said, you earthly fathers... Though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit. So even the best fathers are broken. Even the best dads are not perfect. And according to Jesus, we obviously still have evil in our heart. I, I think I'm a pretty good dad. I've only had to be a dad for three years. I think I'm a pretty good dad, but man, I know I got evil in my heart. I know there's, I'm going to cause pain to Goldie. I know it. I'm not gonna want to, but it's gonna happen. And so Jesus is telling us that we can have this relationship with the almighty God as father that can give us everything we're missing in our earthly relationship with our father, no, no, no matter how good or bad it was. He's, he's calling us to healing. He's calling us to forgiveness. He's calling us to honesty. He's calling us to have to get really serious about this because as long as your image of Father is broken, your relationship with God the Father will be fractured. And you'll wonder why why am I so hot on fire for God and then so cold? So hot on fire for God, so cold. Why do I go from extreme legalism to extreme liberalism? How do I go from, I'm never gonna drink again to experimenting with drugs? Because you're in performance. You're, you're, you're never even, I know this is so heavy and we're supposed to be talking about prayer and you're going, what the heck are we talking about? We're getting there. We got, we got a lot of time. We're gonna get there. But the reason that we do this is because that wildlife and that legalistic life, they're both godless. Neither of them are the, being led by the Holy Spirit. Neither of them are being secure in God. I'm either trying to perform because of brokenness or I'm just going crazy because of brokenness. And I'm never in the center of God's perfect will, led by the Holy Spirit, being fathered by the Almighty. Wow. And so we go from one godless behavior to another. <laughs> never walking with the Father. And y'all, I see it all the time. Now, not only are we dealing with that, but then theologically, we also have all these misconceptions about God because of incomplete teaching about the atonement. See, if a lot of you are honest, you think of the father as bad cop. If you're really honest, you wouldn't even know how to say that theologically, but you would just believe it. You would just think the father, that's the Old Testament guy and he was, he was crazy. But, I, but I'm cool with Jesus, man. I like Jesus. Jesus is sweet and kind. He's got a lamb around his neck. And he's just really, you know, he's like turning the other cheek. And it's great. And because of bad teaching, we've actually pitted up the father against the son. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
Jesus said, me and the Father are one. There is no good cop, bad cop. There is only good. <laughs> but because of this, we, we somehow think that the Father was mad at the world and the Father was mad at sinners and the Father was mad at you and mad at me. But Jesus got in the way and said, well, I'll, I'll die on the cross so, so you don't have to get him. And before you know it, we no longer believe a gospel where God saves us from hell, where God saves us from death, where God saves us from the devil. We actually have a gospel where Jesus saves us from the Father. That's not the gospel. Am I helping anybody? I know I'm, some of y'all are like, man, I gotta put the Cheerios down. I gotta put the, I gotta put the food down. This is getting heavy. I know it's getting heavy. See, we, we hear things like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But what we think is, for God was so angry with the world that he killed his only begotten son. Now, now, a lot of you have never verbalized this, but you've thought it. It's like, well, I guess God's cool with me because of Jesus. <laughs> and we've separated them. And in doing so, the, the reason you can't get breakthrough in intimacy with God, the reason you can't get breakthrough in your faith, the reason you still doubt, the reason you still fear is because in your heart of hearts, you still believe God is against you. But he's dealing with you and he's putting up with you because of Jesus. Friend, that's a lie from hell. I'm gonna say something that you need to hear. God the Father did not kill Jesus. Just get that in your head. Well, what happened? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Jabin, I thought we were talking about prayer. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, but right now, you gotta know who God is, dog, you ain't ever gonna pray. Or you're never gonna get answers. You're never gonna enjoy it. You're never gonna love it. You're always gonna be scared. Okay, let me get back here. Behold, new has come. All this from God. The Father isn't your enemy. This new creation life is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God was reconciling the world unto himself. See, this is not Jesus saving us from the Father. This is the Father and the Son by the power. Of, man, I feel the anointing right now. I'm about to run off the camera. This is the Father and the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, saving men and women, saving sinners, defeating hell, defeating death, defeating Satan. This was not something that Jesus had to do because the father was angry, but this was God. Look what it said. Look what it said again. Christ, uh, in Christ, God was reconciled. In other words, this was the perfect agreement between the father and the son and the Holy Spirit saving mankind. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. I hope you're catching this. I know I'm going so theological right off the bat, but you gotta hear this. Because if not, we'll just skip over it and go, 
we'll, we'll dumb all this down to, hey, when you pray, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, John 16, and then we just move on. And in reality, we're still scared of God. We're still afraid of God. And we think God's only gonna deal with us because of Jesus, but Jesus is the good guy and God's the bad guy. And we're in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. This is good news, not bad news. This is not the angry God of paganism demanding blood, but a gracious and loving triune God who took our place. Wow. It's so awkward to cry when there's no one in the room. <laughs> who took our place, died our death, defeated our enemy, conquered our enemies, who did not use violence to save us, but rather turn the other cheek, laying down his life to save his people. Peter didn't have this view, did he? Because when they came to arrest Jesus, he pulled out the sword, man. The kingdom is gonna come through violence. And Jesus says, no, it's actually gonna come by laying down my life. Jesus did not come to save us from the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father. D in the back just said, there it is. I don't know if y'all heard it or not. There it, that, there it is. So as Jesus is preparing to lay down his life in John 17, he prays verse 26, I made known to them your name. That's why I came. I came to let people know you have a father. And he is the almighty God. He goes on to say, because a lot of you are thinking, okay, so, so what's the father look like? What does he act like? Jesus said, me and the father are one. So he said it like this in John 14, nine, whoever's seen me has seen the father. Let me try to give it to you theologically that would help you. Jesus is God with a face. He is the face of God. What, what, what's the father like? Is he angry and wrathful and vengeful? And No, he's just like Jesus because they're one. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And if you, if you want, I love what Bill Johnson says, Jesus is perfect theology. Jay, I, th I thought we were talking about prayer, man. We are, we're gonna get there. We like, for real, we're gonna get there. But so many people only pray in emergencies. God has become 911. And we go to God and we believe he's angry or at best annoyed with our issues. But nothing could be further from the truth. So we come boldly to the throne of grace. We come under the shadow of the Almighty, resting in his promises. Prayer is not a labor of love, but communion with our Heavenly Father. 
So what does our father mean? Now, next week, we're going to get into hallowed be thy name. But what does our father mean? I'll give you three. I've already gone so long, but let me just give you three things that our father means to me. Number one, our father means I'm secure. You're secure. We're secure. Hebrews 4.16, we come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy in our time of need. We don't come timidly. We don't come head down. We come hands lifted, voices raised. We come bold. That's what our Father means. Our Father means we are secure. James chapter four, we draw near to God and he will draw near to us. We can draw near. But how do we draw near? We draw near with boldness. We draw near with security. I've said it like this before. Grace means we can exhale. <sighs> Just, oh. That's what our Father means to me. You know, uh, I'm, man, I'm so emotional today. I don't know, what I, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Because I want this to get in your heart because it'll really change your life. It'll really change your life. It's like for real, it'll change your life. Our father means security. You know, for the first three years, three, Goldie's now three and a half. And for the first three years of her life, I was on the road. I mean, I was constantly on the road for the first three years, especially the first two. But the first three years of her life, I've been on the road. Um, just gone. I've been, I, for you that don't know, I preach at churches and I go minister at conferences and conventions and churches. And, and, and so really at least once a week, I'm on a plane somewhere doing something. And uh, 2020 was all about me slowing down to be with Goldie Moore. And then, uh, and then it got really slow because, because the, the COVID thing happened. And so, um, so I've been with Goldie um, every day for the last two months, uh, two months and one week, actually. We've never spent this much time together and it's been awesome and it's been absolutely confirming that I need to travel less uh, or, or God needs to give me a jet so I can take the fam, amen, all right. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I'll take one of those. Um, but I'm not getting one of those, but uh, <laughs> relax, someone's all, all frustrated right now. No, I'm not, I don't have a jet. Uh, but um, because of our distance, we, we, we've always had an amazing relationship. She's always been my, my little best friend. But there were things that she would only do in front of Shannon. So she would, she would dance at a, at a different level with Shannon. She would sing at a different level with Shannon. She would play at a different level with Shannon. And I would come around and I'd go, hey, do that for me. Or Shannon would call me in the room and she would immediately get shy. And I never really thought about it. I never really thought it was a, you know, an issue or anything like that. But what I've noticed is now that we've been together every day, she's gotten so bold around me. She is singing loud and running crazy. And if, if I am outside, she's going to jump in the pool because she knows I'll get her. And she, like, she's just, she's, I, I, I'm seeing her in a, in a new light that I've never been able to see because there's no distance. I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you there's no distance. 
between you and the Father. And you thought he was angry. And we thought he was mad. But then we saw the Father through the face of Jesus. And now we know better. And now we can come boldly, drawing near. Our Father means I'm secure. Number two, our Father means we're chosen. Our Father means I'm chosen. Our Father means you're chosen. Romans 8 tells us we are adopted by God. What does that mean? It means he chose us. He didn't have to save us. Just like you don't have to adopt somebody, you want to. John 15, Jesus tells us, you didn't choose me, I chose you. <laughs> You're my idea. This thing's my idea. The book of Psalms says salvation belongs to the Lord. Chosen by God. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called chosen according to his purpose. This lets me know that God didn't have to, but he wanted to. He doesn't, see, when we talk about who we are in Christ, it's, it's really important that we understand that, right? That, that because of the blood of Jesus and because of the, the sacrifice and because he took our place, we, we now can become children of God. We just, we read that in John. That's, that's good. But it's never that the Father only loves us because of Jesus. Like, man, you're really lucky you, you got Jesus or, does that make sense? No, because he loves us, he sent Jesus. And there is so much grace teaching and in Christ teaching that is wrong. Because it, it sets up Jesus again as the good guy and it, and it creates this wrong thinking about the Father. He, he, he doesn't love us because of Jesus. Because he loves us, he sent Jesus. You just gotta get that. You just gotta get that in your heart. La lastly, and, and let me get into it now. Our Father means we are loved. Our Father means I'm loved. Our Father means you are loved. Matthew chapter three, this is my son in whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Well, Jabin, that was the father talking to Jesus. Yeah, but now Romans 8 tells us that he was the firstborn among many brothers. And so now that love that the father has for Jesus, he has for us. We are sons and daughters of God. So what the father said about Jesus, he says about us, this is my son, this is my daughter, and whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Jabin, I don't know about that. All right, well, here's 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. As he is, so are we in this world. Jesus on the throne. Jesus at the right hand of God. What did Paul tell us in Ephesians? That we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. As he is, so are we in this world. That's what God thinks about you. That's what the Father thinks about you. That's what Almighty thinks about you.
Our Father means we are loved. I'll end with this verse and you can play me out of here. Ephesians chapter three, out of the message, verse 17. And I'm asking God, I'm asking him, with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. I don't know if you just caught what Paul was praying. Here's what he's saying. Y'all, I'm praying that you get a revelation of how much the Father loves you. Our Father. I don't start my prayers with God, Lord. I always start my prayers the same way. I take a deep breath in and I exhale. Father, I pray the same way every time. I've got that little office at my house that I'm telling you. It's like every time I do it, the Spirit of God falls in my office. Before I can ask for anything, before I can tell God anything, I just receive His love. It's how I live. And you can too. And what, what the Father does for me is He keeps me grounded feet on the floor. I don't get off into legalism, self-righteousness and judgment. I don't get off into a crazy lifestyle of sin and debauchery. The Father keeps me secure and called and loved and grounded right in the middle. I reject godless religion and I reject a godless lifestyle of sin and death. I stay right in the middle. I stay right where I'm supposed to be, feet grounded in the love of God, secure, loved, called. Father. That's who your God is. You didn't know it before, but you know it now. Rest in it. Believe it. Receive it. Trust Him. Come boldly to Him. He is good. He is kind. Don't believe the bad news they've told you about him. It's not true. He's good. So, Father, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, you would meet your people. Letting them know the breadth, the length, the depths, the heights of your love. Oh, that we would live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Praiseworthy is your name. Abba, Father, thank you. 
you're watching this right now and you don't know Jesus. You're watching this right now and you're far from God. This is your moment to say yes to Christ. This is your moment to surrender to Him. This is your moment to lay your life down at the feet of Jesus. That price He paid, friend, was not cheap. He laid down His life defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave. It should have been us on that middle cross, but God knew it wouldn't have been enough. So Almighty God, through Christ Jesus, lived a sinless life for 33 and a half years and then laid down His life, a perfect sacrifice on our behalf. Conquering death, conquering violence, conquering the war within our own soul, conquering our enemy, rendering him powerless. The Bible said in the book of Colossians chapter two, he nailed that guilty sentence to the cross, defeating our enemy, making a public uh, spectacle of it. Wow, what an awesome God we serve. Say yes to Christ, believe on him you will become a child of God. Heaven will be your home. God will be your father. The Holy Spirit will be your best friend. Jesus, your Lord. You'll never be the same. He'll change your life. He changed my life. You're looking at a preacher whose life has been changed by the gospel of Jesus. So you can surrender your life to him now. Believe on him and pray this prayer with me. Pray something like this out loud as I pray. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I turn from my old life. I repent of my sin. I turn towards you. And I declare, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. If you just prayed that prayer, it's the best decision you ever made. And our team will give you some instructions about what you can do next. But you'll never be the same friend. Well, I preached way too long, so I got to let you go. I love you. I'm praying for you, believing God with you. And I cannot wait to continue this series. It's going to be a life-changing series, I promise you. Don't you dare miss. And um, I can't wait till I can see your face again. But until then, we're going to continue to preach Jesus. God bless you in Jesus' name.